Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. This is episode number 257. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, the inimitable Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am doing well, Chad. I have a question for you to start things off. Oh, I'm, I'm terribly excited about this. Um, what I want to know about the metrics involved in determining that this is the most dangerous podcast. I knew you were going to call my bluff on that someday. It's the most it's dangerous. I mean, we need we need to see the numbers. Okay, I don't have the actual numbers at my disposal here, but I'll tell you this: it's the most dangerous podcast because if you don't perform like I uh, expect you to. You are in some danger of going to jail. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know? Allow, I'll allow it. <laughs> Wait, that's what I say. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, and I think Jason may even have some things to contribute this week for the first time in a while. It's been kind of a quiet week in some ways, like the dog days of uh, of spring training a little bit. You know, They've been out there for a while. Uh, people are sort of, you know, settling in. Some people get have been reassigned to minor league camp, and I don't know. It's not the most exciting week for news uh, in Cincinnati Reds camp, but there's some oh. things to talk about. And today, uh, the, the Reds tied. I don't think we really need to talk about that, do we? Good tie. <laughs> A tie. The old sister kisser, as they say. Um, but what's interesting about it, a couple things are interesting. Actually, three in particular yeah, that actually, I... Wait, we need to back up here because I, for some reason I just feel like being off topic today. Um, Let's hear it. So the, the, the kissing your sister aphorism, I should note that I'm, I'm an only child. So, But I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like that would really be more of a loss than a tie. <laughs> I'm just saying you know what? I've never considered that uh, that particular aphorism, but uh, now that I uh, put a little thought into it, I think you may be right. Yeah. But yeah. You, you've got no standing to object. You don't have a sister. It's true. I, that's why I'm just saying, I like, you know, perhaps perhaps people can, uh, can enlighten us. Or, I don't know if you have a sister. Perhaps you can enlighten us. I have three brothers. Yeah. Well, so there you go. I, I don't have any standing either. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Boy, this, we're off to a rousing start. But this is a conversational podcast. We go wherever the conversation takes us. And for some reason, so for some reason, people listen to this nonsense. Um, three things I want to talk about from today's game. Number one, uh, Philip Irvin hit his fourth home run. Philip Irvin, he's really trying hard to make this team. Why would he do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a we're going to say this about some a minute and it's kind of a numbers game. He's probably the odd man out, but you know, Philip Irvin. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know what's you know what's going to happen, right? Tell me what's going to happen. At this oh, point. Oh no, don't Don't you say it. You know it. You don't. know what's coming. You know it's what's going to happen is this. Boy, you know, Philip Irvin just had such a great spring that there was no way we could leave him off the opening day roster. And, uh, you know, uh, Nixon's L, sure, he's, you know, he looks pretty good, but, I, but uh, you know, some time in AAA to really get comfortable in game situations in center field, uh, you know, that's absolutely going to do him some good. And then, you know, two weeks later, even if Irvin's hitting 900 in, in the majors and, and Senzel's hitting 150 in, in the minors, there we go. They'll do, they'll do the switcheroo. I, t- I told you not to say it, and yet you still said it. I still said it. I do what I want. All right, that's 90 days. I'm going to suspend the sentence for now. Yeah, all right, all right. But you're on probation for the rest of the podcast. Okay. Philip Irvin hitting 345, 441 on base, 828 slugging, four home runs, uh, a couple of doubles. Uh, you know, uh, he's been superb in a tiny sample. But, you know, Irvin is a legitimate major leaker. I don't know that anyone would argue with the the idea that Irvin is a legitimate big league player. It's just... Oh, yeah, he for sure is. Yeah, there's just there's not not really a spot for him with the way the numbers are right now, unless there's an injury, or unless he's part of the excuse to send uh, Nick Senzel down. Man, I hadn't really for some reason it hadn't crossed my mind that they might double cross me that way. Because oh, I like Irvin, I don't mind Irvin yeah. on the big league roster, but not more than Nick Senzel. 
you know what might be interesting with the whole Senzel situation and, and all of that is I, there have been some rumblings that the rosters are going to be 26 this year. That hasn't been officially put into place yet, but um, it seemed, last I knew at least, it seemed more likely than not. I think and, actually, uh, we're going to talk about that later. I think they're saying that it's going to be next year. It's going to be effective next year. year. Yeah. I would say that could really throw a wrench in the plans because, well, yeah. It would help the Reds, right? It would, yeah. It would it would throw a wrench in any plans to send Nixon and Zelda. Oh, right, yeah. You can't justify it when you got that spot sitting there. Yeah. With no one forward. Yeah, good point. Um, I do want to talk about the roster changes because uh, there's some tiny bit of an agreement. They're still talking. Um, but Philip Urban today hit his fourth home run. So, Yahoo for Philip Urban. We love you. I kind of hope you're in AAA to start the year, and I hate to say that because you're a legitimate big leaguer. I, I, I'm presuming here that Philip Urban is listening to the podcast. Right, as as I'm sure that the entire Reds organization does. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. And I'll also say this, Philip Urban's mom, we love the guy, okay? It's not that we think he's a you know, minor leaguer, we don't. No, um, but, and, and he's not. I mean, he really is not well, a minor He's ready for the big leagues. He's, is he ready to be a starter in the big leagues? Probably not, but, but he's a legitimate big leaguer. But I also don't think he'd be an embarrassment as a starter. I think he'd be fine. Well, I think you're right. I mean, defensively... Uh, you probably don't can't play him in center, but in the on the corners he's athletic enough. He's uh, he's quick. He's uh, I don't know. I just I like Philip Irvin. I, I, I just yeah. I'd rather have him over Matt Kemp really in a lot of ways. Just, yeah, there are just a lot of outfielders on this team, and most of them don't have options. Yeah, and, and most of them are good. Yeah, so that's a not a bad problem to have. The other thing that, about today's game that we need to mention is uh, Sonny Gray. You remember Sonny Gray? I do. Three perfect innings, no walks, struck out a batter, and was just uh, brilliant. I mean, just absolutely hitting every spot, according to all reports. Um, you know, Sonny Gray, just 29 years old. This is the same guy that uh, finished, uh, you know, the top three in Cy Young voting uh, in his career at one time. And, you know, he had that elbow stiffness that delayed his first start. Yeah. In the this spring, but man, this is two straight really good outings, and in you know three perfect innings against uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's yeah, you know, and I mean, and up to three innings, which indicates that he he will more than likely it seems like be ready uh, to start the season. Now, I hadn't previewed what I was getting ready to talk about, but you just about stepped on it. Is he your opening day starter? It's him or Castillo, I would think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I'm not sure which, but one of those two. Uh, I'm just glad. You know, we all panicked about the elbow stiffness uh, because that's sort of what we do. Although, actually, we cautioned everyone on the podcast here not to panic uh, too much until we heard more. Um, but looks like it was just a little bit of stiffness, and it put him a couple days behind. But he is going to be ready for opening day, and uh, he start he started three opening days in his life uh, back when he was with the Oakland Athletics. They're in the American League. What's that? The that junior like, circuit. Is that like AAA? <laughs> Basically, yes. Oh, okay. uh, their, their pitchers don't, don't, don't even hit. About baseball, I don't know why you have me on this radio <laughs> well, show. The same question I ask every <laughs> single week. Um, so, if it's up to me, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, uh, what, what you would do, but if it's up to me, my opening day starter is Luis Castillo, and that's out of just some sort of, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, it's. Uh, in my heart, he's a red. He's been a red. <laughs> Let's reward him because he's been better than people realize, and he may be the future stud in this rotation, or at least the, the homegrown guy that has a chance to be the best. But if the Reds go with Sonny Gray, uh, f- two things. Number one, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with it. And number two, I'm glad that he's going to be ready for opening day because that's not the case with some of these other uh, pitchers, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I I agree. I would also start Luis Castillo if if I were making the pick, but it's kind of, you know, I'll who cares? Fine, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's really kind of a who cares uh, thing. But uh, I don't know. Alex Wood, you remember that guy? I do. Yeah, he came over in the uh, trade uh, with the Dodgers that also uh, netted the uh, Reds. Kyle Farmer, also, <laughs> also Yasiel Puig and uh, and Matt Kemp. Um, his back is acting up. He's not throwing from a mound right now. There's little chance he's going to be ready for opening day, it appears. Um, 
that's not a good sign for a guy that's uh, in his in his walk year, last year of his contract, and not a good sign for the Reds who are hoping to at least get some value out of him for this one year. Uh, not yeah. not ready to worry, but uh, it's not good. Yeah, it's not, but you know, <laughs> that was going to happen. Somebody was going to you know was going to tweet something or you know whatever. Tyler Molly, number five starter. Yeah, bring it on. I'm no problem with that. Um, yeah. But we do hope Alec Wood's back soon. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's he is. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's kind of a, in a three way tie with uh, with Castillo and Gray for who's likely most likely to be the best pitcher this yeah. year on the team. Um, yeah, those and, are those are three guys where you don't have to squint too hard to see any of them being like a number two guy. You know, no, that's, no. that's not even close to being out of the realm of, of a possibility. So yeah, hopefully everything he, he doesn't. To my knowledge, I mean, I know he's had a little bit of injuries, but also, you know, back injuries are, are one thing. Arm injuries are something else. Um, yeah. Anytime someone's hurt and it's not their elbow or some uh, stiffness in their forearm or something, I'm okay. I'll, I'll survive. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. It's like, this is not going to be career ending. We'll see. It'll be fine, probably. Probably, hopefully. Um, and 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 I'm, I'm like you. The first name you mentioned there uh, was uh, Tyler Malley, and I don't want anybody to get hurt, but... Tyler Malley's kind of like five A with Anthony DiScalfani to me. They're yeah. they're five and five A. You know, I'm happy. I have no problem. It's not like he's a. He's kind of like Philip Irvin. Tyler Malley's a big league pitcher right he now. Just has options. Yeah, like yeah. that's the only the only reason he is going to AAA is because he has options. He's kind of like Philip Irvin, but yeah, um, a higher ceiling than Philip Irvin, I think. Yeah, but. I but yeah, he's a guy that has options, and he's the young guy. And uh, you know, I don't have any problem with the Reds having him at AAA to start the season. But uh, you know, if he has to step in, great, he's good. Now the other guy, and I think this is the, one of the more interesting stories, and I think you and I have talked about it a little bit, um, was a guy named uh, oh, what's his name? He was a first round pick. Who was the pitcher the Reds drafted in the first round recently? That's crazy good stuff. Um, Bob something. Oh yes, Robert Stevenson. Oh, Bob Steve, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Robert Stevenson pitched today, and uh, I'm going to have to try to find his uh, find his line, but it was pretty good. Yeah, he pitched in the like B game or whatever, yes. right? Yes. Where <laughs> here's what I loved about the B game. C- can we do this all season? Joey Votto played in the B game today. Yeah, and he, and he let off every inning. Yeah, because you can do whatever you want. It's just you know they're yeah they're screwing around. But uh, uh, Robert Stevenson and Votto had like a, a double and a home run, and I think Stevens or uh, Nixon Zell played in that game had a had a double and a triple as well. Yeah, um, Bob Steve Robert Stevenson, former first round pitch pick uh, pick pitched an inning, gave up a hit, but struck out two, fifteen pitches, eleven of which were uh, strikes. So. Um, and I think that's the first time he's is that that's the first time he's pitched this spring, right? Yeah, yeah, he's been uh, on the disabled list with uh, <laughs> with no options, with option soreness. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, this is just a what do we do with this guy? Because and again, this is a, something we've talked about ad nauseum a little bit. But now he's back on the mound and he pitched well. What if he continues to pitch well the rest of the way? I think you probably have to find a way to squeeze him onto the big league roster, right? Because he has no options, as we just alluded to, which means that if he doesn't make the big league team, the Reds have to expose him to waivers and anyone can can claim him. And uh, he's a guy that still has a live arm and still has some stuff. Don't you think you probably have to try to figure out, if he pitches this well the rest of the way, you got to find a way to squeeze him into the bullpen? I don't know. No, actually, <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't know that I really believe that either. But who are you? Who are you cutting for Stevenson? Um, I don't, you know, like Rizel Iglesias. Okay, maybe <laughs> but not. I mean, like really, like there's what Iglesias, Garrett, <coughs> excuse me, Hughes and Hernandez, Lorenzen, um, Lorenzen, they Duke. signs up Duke. Duke is is gonna make it. There's probably yeah. one more spot, the Cody Reed spot, maybe. Yeah, that's six. Cody Reed would be seven. Reed has options. Anybody? Um, we're forgetting someone. There's, I mean, there's Matt Whistler, but 
Yeah. Um, hey, uh, I, hope anyway. it, I hope Matt Whistler's mom comes to a game sometime this year. Little Whistler. little Whistler's mother. Yeah. Uh, humor yeah. there. You appreciate that, Jason? I, I do. I like I like when we branch into the humanities. It's oh. Funny. Yeah. Whistler's mother. Go go uh, Google that if you don't to get that reference. Um man, we're we're so smart. <laughs> we we certainly know some things. Yeah. yeah. If anybody listens to this podcast every week, they know how smart we are, which is not very um yeah, I don't again, it's sort of a numbers game. That's what we said about Philip Irvin. It's kind of a numbers game with Stevenson and it's really hard to justify keeping him. But then again, he's a former first round pick with a with seriously great stuff. I mean, he's still that guy, right? I guess. I mean, yeah, but he just he's just been so he just hasn't been good. He's also the other guy. Yeah. Like I mean, he just he, he's just been bad in the major leagues, and he's been pretty bad in the minor leagues, also. Like, you yeah, so, know, I guess you can look and say he had a decent ERA or a good ERA in, in AAA last year, sure, but he also walked four and a half batters every nine innings, which has been his problem since you know, since he moved up in the in the minor leagues or forever. That's what he's yeah. always. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, I just I hate to give up on a guy like that because they're going to lose him if they don't keep him on the team. But I don't see how they can. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying. I really am trying to think of who you keep on the team, or who you who you cut in favor of Robert Stevenson. And I just well, I'm say, at a loss. say it's Cody Reed because they got a couple other lefties, and Reed has options. But I don't yeah. even like that because I've been kind of hammering away for weeks and months now about the Reds keeping the best twenty five guys on the roster, and I don't believe Robert Stevenson is a better reliever right now than Cody Reed. No, absolutely not. And Cody Reed this week, there was some uh, a piece about uh, him where he says, I'm okay with being a reliever now. And it sounded a lot like Amir Garrett from last year. It sounded like he was saying, I really want to be on the big league roster. And I know it's only going to be as a reliever right now. So I'm happy to be a reliever. Yeah. Um, and, and I still hold out hope that he could be a starter. But uh, I think he could be an incredible reliever if he uh, if he really masters that. Yeah, though I, it is also, frankly, though important to remember that Robert Stevenson is 26 years old now. Um, not that he's ancient, but 26 is kind of the age at which you are officially a late bloomer. Oh man, I'm going to be 26 on my next birthday. At least if you're a major league pitcher. Yeah. What yeah. about if you're a podcaster? What's the What's the prime you know, age I for think that? If you're a podcaster, you're a late bloomer by definition. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think you're probably right. Or a never bloomer. <laughs> um, yeah, I just—it's really difficult to sort of look and, and try to put a roster together that includes Stevenson. But I just think I don't expect him to pitch this well the rest of the year. This was a B game, you know. It was. Yeah, he, it was one inning in a B game spring <laughs> <during> training. <laughs> we, we might want to see, and also, also. Spring training stats are completely meaningless. We caution people every single week, every single spring. Don't even look at these stats. No. You, know, you can't tell anything from it. Here I am, one inning, and thinking, oh, man, this guy's every, good. Every time, this is what I'm going to do now. Every time we start talking about spring training stats, like they're a real thing that matters, I'm going to say this. In 2017, Joey Votto had a 595 OPS in spring training. Yeah, but he was awful during the regular season that year, too. Well, I mean, if if by awful you mean came in second in the MVP <laughs> voting, then yes. Well, he wasn't the most valuable. Oh, well, that's 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 up for debate, actually. Um, but this is the thing I've done with Stevenson every time he has one good inning for the last three years. Yeah. Oh, oh man, is he is he finally getting it? At some point, I'm going to realize Robert Stevenson is never going to get it, and if he gets it, he's just going to be wearing a different uniform. Yeah, with Stevenson at this point, I'm just at the, like, show me a couple months of not walking everybody. Yeah, well, that's going to have to be in another uniform because I just can't see how, I don't know, I can't see how it works. But we'll see. It's going to be a really interesting few weeks here that coming up for Robert Stevenson. He's either going to uh, figure it out or he's going to be somewhere else. So uh, his professional life is, uh, I don't know, it's either going to, he's either going to be really happy by being on the, the Reds or he's going to, who knows where he could be. It's sort of up in the air. Um, and if you're listening to Robert Stevenson's mom, we like him. We like the guy. 
Um, what about Michael Lorenzen? I think it's really interesting what's been going on with Michael Lorenzen here the last little bit. Um, this Earlier this week, I think in, on Monday of this week, he played uh, pitcher. Can you believe Michael Lorenzen uh, actually pitched? I've heard that he can pitch okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, he can. You're right. But he also played center field. Yeah. Uh, to me... Again, spring is the time to experiment with stuff like this. Lorenzen's been kind of, you know, bugging everybody for the last few years that he wants to do this. Uh, we don't know if he can do it, but spring's a good time to try. He pitched the bottom of the fifth in a 5-5 five, five tie against the Indians. Um, the old sister kisser. Uh, he pitched the bottom of the fifth, batted in the top of the sixth, and then stayed in the game, played two innings in center field, and... Uh, and evidently played pretty well in center field. Uh, what are the Reds doing here, and where does this lead? Does it lead anywhere? It's it's really all just sort of fascinating to me. Is it is it to you? No. <laughs> Jason Linden. I find it all, if I'm going to be frank, I find it boring and trite. Because here's, here's what I think is happening. Oh, my gosh. You're the worst. I know. But here's what I think is happening. I think Michael Lorenzen wants to play the outfield. And I think that people who saw Michael Lorenzen hit balls far last year want Michael Lorenzen to play the outfield. And so I think the Reds are letting him do it some in spring training so they can say, look, we're trying it. And then once the regular season starts, if he sees 10 innings in the outfield, I will be shocked. Similar to last season when they let him start in spring training when we really didn't believe they had any interest in letting him be a starter. Because that's what he said he I mean, wanted to do. Yeah, I think it's just it's just keeping everybody happy, and you know when it comes down to it, unless he's like a, a defensive replacement, which I can buy that there might be a cause for that at some point. If you're you know if you're down to your three outfielders available for some reason, or like say Kemp and and Winker and Puig, okay, go play some center field here on the eleventh inning, Michael Lorenzen, but like. Otherwise, no, come on. No, I'm, I, I disagree. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm never wrong. Tell, tell us, tell us, Chad, tell and us about your disagreement. Generally, if, if people tell me that I'm wrong, they get in trouble. Well, um, here's I'm, not, I'm me. That's true. Here's why I disagree. Okay. First, two sort of, well, let's say three reasons. Number one, uh, well, no, two reasons. But I will, <laughs> I'm, I'm revising my argument on the fly here. There have okay. been reports. There have been reports that he has looked very good as a center fielder. That he's very natural out there. But the two reasons why I think this could happen: number one, coming out of college, Michael Lorenzen was. There was a lot of argument about whether he was going to be a pitcher or a position player. He was a legitimate first round talent as a position player. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, uh, this is a guy that couldn't have done it. And okay. now they, they didn't do it, and it is probably too late to be any kind of a real real contributor uh, with the bat. We, we don't know. The samples, yeah. I know he hit balls a long way, but the sample's really too small to tell anything about it. It is way too small to tell anything. Yeah. So, um, But he does have the pedigree of a guy that was, at one time, a blue chip prospect as a position guy. That's the first. That's the first reason why I think it's interesting. The second one: Have you seen this guy's biceps? They're dreamy. <laughs> They're dreamy, Jason Linden. Have you seen his uh, walk rate? It's not dreamy. Oh mercy! As a pitcher, as a hitter. Well, I mean, if we're being honest, <laughs> either either one. I, here's what I think. I think that it is. We're kind of in a an interesting point in baseball history here where teams are doing things that have never been done before and the game is kind of changing in some ways. And um, and this organization in particular is being way more open-minded than, open-minded than they have ever been in 150 years, as we're going to hear for the next six months. Hey, Chad. Yes. How long have the Reds been a major league team? Oh, let me check Chapter 4 in the Big 50. The men and moments that made it's the like Cincinnati Reds. Eighty years or something like <laughs> something, that. A few more than that. One hundred. Well, not really true. 
base, professional baseball did, uh, there's an argument that it got its launch 150 years ago in Cincinnati, but that wasn't actually the Reds. It was a, a different group. The Cincinnati uh, Red Stockings, who began as a cricket club. But you'd have to read the Big 50 to really know the full story on that, man. Somebody did a great job researching that. I just think that Lorenzen gives the Reds a, if he can legitimately be the last guy on the bench with the bat, well, you know, the, a guy that would be the 25th guy on yeah. other teams, then he becomes pretty valuable if you can really use him as that guy. Um, and it's just a way of expanding the roster a little bit to me. So I think the Reds are serious about trying it. Um, I, I, I share the questions about whether he can actually do it with the bat. Because it's been a long time since he's batted every day. Yeah. And... Actually, I really don't doubt his ability to play center field. Right. I his ability to hit major league pitching. And I think we've kind of, uh, you're right, the long home runs, and that's kind of tantalized everyone a little bit, I, which I love. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is all he has to be is, you know, Jose Iglesias with the bat to be... Oh. He's Jose. I will be shocked if he's Jose Iglesias with the bat. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, he, I don't know. Jose Iglesias is not much with the bat. Great with a glove. I'm happy he's on the Reds. Um, which brings me to another uh, uh, point here. Assuming Nick Senzel makes the team, is this the first year in like I don't even remember the last year that I was happy with all 25 guys that are on the Reds roster. There are no Jack Hanahan's or, or Corey Patterson's or Skip Schumacher's to be found in this or in this. Uh, the group we're talking about making the opening day roster, are there? There are not. There there are no, like, veteran, gritty contracts, no yeah. cast-offs. Everybody on here is a legit major league player, everyone who's going to be on the team, barring, again, barring injury. But even then, the, the Reds are still, they're still pretty deep. Um, I can't remember who all was on it a while now, but a while ago I tweeted the, like, B-team lineup yeah. for the Reds, and it was better than the Orioles lineup. <laughs> well, that's not really a high bar to cross. No, I know, but they're going <laughs> to let the Orioles play other major league teams this year. So That's true. You know, um, I, I'm thinking about uh, the, the, the bench in my ideal scenario with Sinzel starting in center, and the bench would be uh, uh, Casale as the catcher, Kirk Casale, which is, you know, fine, backup catcher, whatever. Yeah. Um but but the other guys, the four guys that I that I think about are Jose Iglesias, Derek Dietrich, Matt Kemp, and Scott Shebler, and those are all guys that you can justify at starting. They're all good enough to start, in my opinion. And and you know Iglesias has been a starter, Dietrich has been a starter, Kemp has been a starter, Shebler was a starter here. Yeah. And these are the guys that might be the bench guys. It's crazy. All hell, Dick Williams and Nick Crawl. It's nice. It is very nice. Which, by the way, I just want to make an aside. Speaking of why spring training doesn't matter, the Orioles have a winning record. They're probably going to be good this year. <laughs> I think they would be a very good double-A team. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd be 500 in triple-A. Well, in the Cincinnati Reds organization, they'd be in single-A. As a little dig at Doug Gray of RedsMinorLeagues.com and, and RedLegNation.com, who called me out and said I was wrong about something today on Twitter. Can you believe that? As though you've ever been wrong about anything. Never. Not once. Um, Doug, I love you, buddy, but uh, no. That's, that's just an insult to your honor. Um, oh. Oh. Oh, did you see what I did there? I yeah. saw that. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, the other news this week, really, no more news other than the Reds sent, uh, cut some more players, sent more to my, the minor league camp, basically. Uh, not really any interesting name. I mean, there's some interesting names, but no one that's really surprising. Uh, Mason Williams, you remember he, uh, he was here last year in Cincinnati for a while, but no one expected him to make the team. Aristides Aquino, who still has, uh, some possibility of being a major league, uh, player. TJ Friedel, interesting, uh, prospect, center fielder. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, still, I'm, I'm, I'm big time on the Tyler Stevenson bandwagon, uh, catcher. Probably, I'm hoping, gonna start the year in double A this year. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Trammell. That guy's a good prospect. Yeah. Um, probably going to start the year in double A, I think, as well. But uh, I hope uh, he's on the fast track, even though un despite what Doug Gray says, uh, the Reds don't put anyone on the fast track. Um, also, Tony Sention. 
I'm actually a little disappointed they went ahead and sent him out. I mean, I know he doesn't have really a chance, but I probably put him number seven on my depth chart for uh, starting pitchers. Well, he's not on the roster. There you go. He's not on the forty man. That's a good point. Yeah. So so he's got he's going to be behind behind Romano at least I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And That's... also probably behind. Uh, oh shoot! There's somebody else whose name is just escaping me. He's out there though. There's another another pitcher who I can't find the name right now. Yeah, only because of forty man roster concerns. But I'm I'm yeah. as high on Santion as any pitcher that's come through the Reds organization in a while. I mean, I really am. I think he's I think he's a maybe not a star waiting to happen, but he's a legit big league effective big league pitcher waiting to happen. Yeah. So those guys got sent out. You know, um, Santion, Tremel, Tyler Stevenson in particular, I think, are guys that are have big time futures in this, this organization. This seemed to be the Prospects who don't have a shot at making the roster day. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah, like they got to they got to hang around for an extra week or two, and then it was like, all right, see you all next year. <laughs> right, yeah, and next year all three of those guys could be in the mix. Absolutely. Yeah, they really could. I, yeah. Um. All right, other news from this week. Not really a whole lot else. I do want to before I do want to talk about the rule change stuff, but uh, there was a piece uh, in Baseball America. Um, and though it was in Baseball America, it was actually written by uh, Trent Rosecrans, as you all are all, you're all familiar with him. But had some quotes from Nick Senzel about uh, the switch to center field and how it's gone well. And and here's what uh, Senzel said: uh, I picked up center better than I picked up short. It made me feel a little more comfortable because I can just go be athletic, go out there and try to use my speed and first step and track down balls. And it talked about how he worked with Eric Davis. You know, Eric Davis is a pretty good center fielder. He was pretty good. Yeah, he used yeah. to play for the Reds. I've heard of him before. Yeah. He's in this book, The Big 50, and I'm just now upset with myself and with my co-author, Chris Garber, that we didn't make him uh, Chapter 44. <sighs> what were we thinking? I, that was a big mistake. Yeah. That was a really big mistake. What well, a bone-headed move. Well, you've not read the book, so you don't know. So I have uh, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe a word of that, Jason. You made Lynn. me feel guilty once for not having gotten to it yet, but I had 100% read it. And you liked 78% of it. <laughs> Is that fair enough? That's probably about right. <laughs> oh, man. Dagger to the heart. Uh, so, Nick Senzel feels, uh, I don't know how much of this is his PR, as saying, I'm I, I'm good in center field. Keep me on the big yeah. league roster. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I can see how it would be easier to pick up given his skill set. Shortstop's hard. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we talked this time last year about him potentially being a shortstop. And I think you probably remember us drooling over the prospect of having his bat at shortstop. But uh, center field, same way to me. If he can be a legit center fielder then a good deal. I'm still happy with them moving him back to second base if and when that gets resolved with uh, Scooter, uh, if they let him walk or if they trade him, or if they sign him uh, for three years or something, whatever. I'm okay with Senzel in center field as well. But um, do you feel comfortable defensively based on everything you've seen and everything you've heard out of Red's camp with Nick Senzel as the center fielder for the uh, indefinite future, not just for this year? Yeah, I mean, I think if he can do it, he can do it. I think long-term, it makes more sense for him to be at second base and for somebody else to play center field, unless they've got, you know, we'll play that game, like, where is there somebody coming along? Um, But yeah, I've never, I mean, all of the hand-wringing over, can he play center field, can he play center field? I've always been like, well, he's fast, so yes. Like... You know, like, if, if he can play left field or right field and also he's fast, then why can't he play center field? Yeah. Shin, Shin Soo Chu played center field for the Reds. Come on. <laughs> That's who I was going to say. He's going to be better defensively than Shin Soo Chu. Yeah. And if I love center field. And I, no, no one, no one was happier than me when the Reds got Chu because that was like, we all have these players yeah. that were like, boy, it would be great if they were ever on the team that I root for. And that was an instance where they actually got the guy, and but yeah, he was not a, he was not a, he was not a center fielder. Oh, he was awful defensively. Yeah. But he got on base and listen. I love me some Shinsu Chu. No one can out Shinsu Chu me. I, oh, I, I think he's probably and this is an interesting topic to think about because I haven't really uh, thought about it. But 
of all players who played just one season for the Reds, I don't, I can't imagine there's anyone that I like better than Shin Su Chu. He was, that's a good point. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, just one year. Okay, so we're okay with Nick Senzel. Put him on the opening day roster. Let's talk about these rule changes really quickly, um, and then we'll get all into right. some uh, some hashtag viewer mail. There are a bunch of changes, and some of them, it appears, are going to be effective this year, some next year, although it's really all still kind of up to uh, a broader uh, negotiation. But uh, here are the one the changes, uh, rule changes that are supposed to be effective this year. Inning breaks going to be reduced uh, like five seconds in local games and 25 seconds in national games. Okay, I don't that, that doesn't change the game to me. Um, it reduces their ability to run ads, so it may reduce their um, ability to, I'm not sure why Rob Manfred wants to, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred wants to uh, lose money, but, uh, or make his product less valuable to its broadcast partners, but whatever, that that's fine by me, I don't need a, a long break between innings. Uh, this one was interesting, the trade deadline, I assume you don't have anything to say about the inning breaks, Jason. No, nah, whatever, I don't yeah, care. Right, who cares? Uh, the trade deadline, they're eliminating the waiver trade period. So basically the July 31 trade deadline is the only deadline. Um, uh, up to now, you could trade someone in August, until the end of August, if they had cleared waivers. So uh, do you have any interest in that? Do you care? I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it, because I think it will... You know, I think what's happened with the expansion of the playoffs and the presence of that waiver deadline is it's just, it's made it so that, like, the trade deadline just never is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it used to be, I feel like, like, things used to happen around the trade deadline. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be nice. It'll be good for teams to decide, are we in or are we out? Yeah. Uh, Maybe some more finality there makes teams a little more urgent. Yeah. Okay. Could make things, and, and and I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but uh, Trent Rosecrans has a thing up on on the Athletic um, talking about how that could be especially effective for the Reds. Well, I'm just dropping things here. Did you hear that? Something. Come on, Chad, get it together. Oh my god! But goodness. like you know, the Reds have a lot of guys in their walk year. Um, I've noticed that. So it, it could be one of the for the Reds. It could really be very interesting. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fascinating year in so many ways uh, about how the Reds uh, use this year to approach next offseason. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. Let's talk some more about the rule changes. Uh, the All-Star Game uh, voting, you know, this interests me because I'm an All-Star Game junkie from way back, but it's not really that big a deal, except that they're going to... Uh, this is a no-politics zone here on the podcast, but they're going to sort of mimic uh, politics, and they're going to have a primary round, and then they're going to... I wish they're going to... It's basically the way the All-Star voting has been before. And then they're going to have an election day in July. Listen, uh, if... if no, watch it. We're, not, we're no politics here. No, I know. I know. I'm going to keep this super general. Okay? I got it. I think this, I think this is okay. <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything that I am looking for in my life right now, it is more ways for the things that I enjoy to remind me of the American political system. <laughs> yeah. Can I just get some more of that, please? Please, more politics, please. Yes. Yeah. Um, so basically the top three vote-getters in the primary round yeah. are going to go into the uh, actual election. So, okay. I, I, I assume that players will start running for next year's All-Star game now. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, man, there's a good joke I wanted to say, but we're no politics here. Um, strictly <laughs> baseball. Uh, home run derby, the winner gets more money. I don't care. Um, mound visits. They're, they're reducing the number of mound visits uh, per game from six to five. Again, that isn't really whatever. Listen, when are people going to figure out their wedding presents? <laughs> exactly. They're reducing they're, the opportunity. They're dealing with a lot of stuff out there. A little Bull Durham humor there. Yes, a little Bull Durham humor. Yes. All right. Now, supposedly effective in 2020 was the uh, roster provisions that you were talking about. Um, and uh, let's talk about that really quickly because I think that kind of changes. Actually, all these rule changes, we don't know. They're going to have so many unintended consequences. It happens every time they change a rule. We don't really yeah. know how teams are going to use it to their – but uh, 
from opening day to August 31st, the roster size is going to increase from 25 to 26 players. Um, and then, which is, I'm, I, whatever, I'm fine with that. And uh, I thought it was 28. No, 26 is what they've, uh, evidently, that's the, but in September, the 40-man roster, they're eliminating the 40-man roster, and from September 1st into the season, all clubs get 28. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's the Sorry, 28, I'm, yeah. Actually there. Yeah, okay. So, you know, an extra guy on the roster, whatever. But um, what interested me as well is that they said that the number of pitchers, they're going to negotiate the number of pitchers a club can carry. They're going to cap it, basically. So um, so a team can't keep 15 pitchers. Yeah. Which is which you, is good. You know what I think is, is an unintended consequence, probably, of limiting the roster size um, that I'm not real thrilled with? is that in being exposed to kind of like minor league baseball a lot these last few years, um, one thing that's really become apparent is uh, the importance to the minor league players of what are best described as reward call-ups. Like, you're not a prospect, and, you know, and we know you're not, but, boy, you've had a heck of a year, so here's 30 days in the major leagues with major league pay. Um, those happen and they don't happen a ton, but they do happen sometimes. I wonder if you have, if you're limited on your roster to 28 guys, if those become, become kind of a thing of the past. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, uh, you, you think of guys like Hernan Eribarin. Yeah. And, you know, um, that's something that's going to go away. See, there you go. That's one of the unintended consequences. Of uh, these rule changes that we're going to see. They're going to be a bunch of them. You never know. Teams are going to learn to uh, manipulate and figure out the best ways to do it. I think over the next year to two years, we will see... I'm going to say we will see more changes in the rules about roster construction and service time than we have probably seen since the dawn of free agency. I think so, because of the way things have gone lately. Yeah. Um, They're going to make some changes to the uh, injured list slash disabled list. Um, what we used to call the disabled list, they're going to change it back to 15 days, whatever, that's whatever. Um, and the other one, the last one is the three batter minimum for pitchers. Yeah. And I, and I want you to hold off on that because we have a viewer mail question about that one. So, um, we'll get in that in just one moment. So let's dive I into our viewer mail. Just, just real quick. I just do, I do think the disabled list is a good thing. Cause I think some teams manipulated that last year and I think that's why it's gone away. Yeah. 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 The Dodgers specifically. Um, yeah, but teams are going to manipulate however they can manipulate. We just don't, I'm fine with it going back to the way it used to be though. Um, Hey, you want to answer some, uh, some hashtag viewer mail questions? I'm always up for listener mail chat. These as always are actual letters. They came in my mailbox from actual viewers. Actual listeners. Uh, the, the people have spoken, Jason. Care. <laughs> just because something is the most popular doesn't mean it's right or the best. Oh, that's always what it means. Uh, there are two ways you can submit questions to uh, for viewer mail. Uh, the first of those is at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you can support us. And if you support us, you get a chance to ask uh, questions for viewer mail, get a little priority. But we also take questions, and we've got a, f- a number of them here that you can submit to us at uh, twitter.com slash redlegradio, at redlegradio on twitter.com if you're on that miserable mess of a website you can uh, submit questions that way uh every thursday we send out a call for questions and uh you guys are great uh not just by supporting us on patreon and asking questions that way but you guys on twitter are great as well but let's start with uh one from patreon adam mcintyre adam mcintyre asks considering the injury history of both uh sunny gray and anthony disclafani along with wood's current back issues What's a realistic amount of starts to expect from Tyler Malley this year and maybe even Gutierrez or Santillan in September? What do you think, Jason? A realistic amount of starts first from Tyler Malley. Have you thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I think Tyler Malley will probably get 20 starts in the majors this year-ish. Yeah, that's my number, 20. That's a lot. Yeah. I, I will say, I don't think, I mean... Gray's had a little bit of an injury history, but not anything. I don't think putting him or Wood on the same level as, as Di Sclafani is really merited. Um, I think Sonny Gray has had kind of a normal amount of injuries for a pitcher. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, a pitcher's going to get injured. Um, yeah. 
We've already discussed Woods' back issues. You know, Adam, I think that uh, Tyler Malley, I think I think Tyler Malley's going to get the number of starts that you would expect from a number five starter, frankly. Those yeah. opportunities are going to be there. Uh, he's going to get a pitch in the major leagues a lot this year. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the average major league team, is like I, I looked it up, used nine or ten starters last year. And Tim Adelman pitched for every one of them, I think. Yes, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. That's Adelman is everybody's number nine starter. Yes, uh, Scott Feldman as well. Uh, the next guy on that list, I talked about earlier, Tony Santion. You know, he's a guy that before the Reds went out and acquired Sonny Gray and Alex Wood and Tanner Rourke, uh, Santion's a guy that I was kind of pushing a little bit to have a chance to be the number five starter this year. I think he, you know, it would take pushing him just a little bit. He needs some more time in AAA. I, I, I do agree yeah. with that. But I could see Santion being a legit, you know, uh, we got Sa- Sal Romano, of course. And, uh, uh, who's probably the next on that list. But, uh, after that, you know, Santion, the only thing that keeps him from being in that mix is, as you mentioned earlier, the, the 40 man roster thing, right? He's good. Yeah. I think so, and I think he could work himself into the picture very easily this year. Um, we'll see. Yeah. If well, he, start, I, if I he starts the year well, he gets say five or 10 starts in the second half of the season. Um, hey, you know, Bill Lack. I'm aware of of Mr. William, Mr. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bill, uh, our, our grumpy contributor to the uh, the podcast. There he goes again. <laughs> there he goes again. He sent me a text this week. He's been in Florida, um, for and for some reason, I'm going to ask him about this next time he's on the podcast, uh, maybe next week. But uh, <laughs> he sends me a text and says, "Hey, I just ran into Sal Romano's dad," <laughs> and he said he got <laughs> something to the effect of. He got really mad at me when I told him that I didn't think his son was going to make the major league roster on opening day. Oh, Bill. Hope he didn't mention Red Leg Nation Radio. Because if Sal Romano's dad is listening, we love that guy. Hey, if if Sal Romano's dad is listening, I think that Sal Romano is absolutely qualified to be in the major league bullpen right now, but I think the Reds also need him as a backup starter, which is why he probably doesn't start the year with the team. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. No, I, I've got, I love the guy out of the bullpen Yeah. Uh, where he can sort of dial it up a little bit. Um, you know, I was in the stadium for Sal Romano's first big league start, and I assume his dad was there because there was about 40 Romanos and Romano-adjacent uh, uh, people sitting yeah. over uh, to the left of me, uh, kind of behind home plate, and they were going nuts. And, uh, I, you know, Sal Romano, I, I still think he could be a starter, a, a decent starter, probably a fourth or fifth starter, but a decent starter in the big leagues. But I can also see him being a, a real uh, relief pitcher because if he can dial it up and just uh, limit it to a couple pitches, he could he could be effective. Um, let's see here. Isaac Starcher at patreon.com slash redlegradio asks a couple questions here. Number one, could either of you see Luis Castillo taking the next step and becoming the number two or, dare I say, number one starter this year? My answer to that one is yes, absolutely. I don't even the think you have to. Luis Castillo. What's that? The sky is the limit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see Castillo getting in the mix of a top 15 starter in the majors this year. Oh, sure. Yeah. The question, the question with Castillo, I mean, honestly, I'll be surprised if he doesn't make a little bit of a leap this year. He made it more of a leap last year than people realize just because he had such an awful start to the year. Yeah. So, yes, absolutely, Isaac. Um, Isaac's next question, how do you think David Bell handles this outfield, assuming Kemp is not traded? Is it going to be a regular three-man group, or will this be a Joe Madden-like rotation where there are different combinations every game? Love the podcast. Love the podcast. I appreciate getting to hear Red's talk in the heart of Cubs territory. Ooh, sorry about that, Isaac. Um, You want to take this, and you want me to handle this question with the outfield? I'll go. Do it. Then you can agree or disagree. Disagree. Uh I think I think I think one the caveat is that these things tend to have a way to take care of themselves. Yeah, injuries. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I think assuming everybody's healthy, um, I think Puig, Winker, and eventually Senzel are going to get the vast majority of the playing time. But you know, there's enough. One of the things about the corner outfielders is there are two right-handers and two left-handers, so everybody's going to get some playing time. Yeah, I think people sort of freaked out last year about the rotation idea that uh, b- former manager Brian Price had with the outfielders. And what people fail to realize is there are, there are going to be injuries. And even, you know, discounting the fact that there are going to be injuries, there are a lot of at-bats. 
and you can get a lot of uh, at bats for different players. So, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any issue. I think that uh, probably it's a five man group with those three that you mentioned, uh, Puig, Senzel, Winker getting the you know more starts than Kemp and Shebler, presuming they're all healthy. Yeah. But I think there's plenty of at bats for everyone, and I, and I keep saying it, having too many good players is not a problem. No, no, it really, it really is not. Um, Joseph Prince at patreon.com slash redleg radio. The three batter minimum seems the worst change to baseball since the DH. Did we t- even talk about the three batter minimum? Did I skip right over that? You skipped over it because you said there was a viewer mail question. Oh, there you go. See, I can't remember what I said 10 minutes ago. Um, the Joseph asked, three batter minimum seems the worst change to baseball since the DH. So if I'm winning eight to three and I bring in relief pitcher, Corey Patterson, first of all, I don't, Joseph, really? You're, you're giving me a headache. Corey Patterson, with the bases loaded and he gives up two home runs, I have to let him pitch to the third batter? What are your thoughts about the three batter minimum? I, I like, let me just say this first. I like that it eliminates the loogie. I, don't, I never liked that. Yeah. And I, I and I hate watching Tony La Russa and his ilk come out and make uh, 16 pitching changes in one inning. But, man, putting in a rule to limit, uh, to give a minimum number of pitchers, I I guess it's okay. I don't know. What do you think? I like it, frankly. Um, I think that... So, okay. Moderately complicated answer. But one of the problems, and as much as baseball has problems right now with baseball, is that there are too many strikeouts. One of the reasons there are too many strikeouts is because all of the relief pitchers are coming in throwing 117 miles per hour. If everybody has to face three batters every time, it naturally limits the amount of people that I think you can get regular work for. And I think I, I, I think it, it, it potentially has more it has more good potential consequences than bad potential consequences. Let me put it that way. Uh, and I think, frankly, I, you know. I don't know. I, I, I'm never going to be like, oh, the game today is not as good as it was when I was a kid. But, I mean, I personally grew up with a lot less relief pitching than we currently see today. And I wouldn't mind seeing less relief pitching. I agree that I would prefer to see less <laughs> relief pitching. And I think that probably this in some ways is going to make the game more attractive to watch. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't like the idea of there are too many rules. There are too many laws. We need to be eliminating laws, not uh, creating more, but this has been the way it's been uh, all year wrong. All, all, not all, all year. year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, it's like midnight. I'm tired. Okay. It's not close to midnight, but, um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably a good thing, but I just, I, I have a bias against that, I guess. Um, let's go on to Clint Lytle. Clint uh, asks at patreon.com slash Radio. have you been surprised by any player's performance this spring training? Um, I don't like the, I don't like the fact that if a guy gives up two home runs, you got to leave him in. Have I, <laughs> I don't like that. Because it hurts your team's chances of winning a game. There's no, there's no other position where you are. You know what? I mean, you know why this is really happening, though. It's because last year they burned through their roster so much that we ended up having position players pitching in like the eighth inning I, in games that were still reasonably competitive. Okay, well, teams need to learn how to manage their rosters better. But you know, if a guy strikes out six times, we don't say you got to take him out of the game. I mean, you know, you're limiting. I don't know. I I like it, but I don't like it. There's no way to to put it. I like the idea in theory, but I just I don't know. Uh, have you been surprised by any player's performance this spring training? As Clint, the only guy I would say is probably uh, Cal Farmer. He's hitting three ninety three, four nineteen on base percentage, a couple of home runs, a couple triples, four doubles. Um, you know, he's a guy that probably doesn't have a chance of making this roster, but he came over in that Dodgers trade, as we said earlier, and he's been good in, a, you know, 28 at-bats for what that can. You know, I don't know. Have you been surprised? I just, it's spring. Uh, I, I can't say that I've been t- 
terribly surprised by any performance. Have you? Um, in 2017, Joey Votto had a 595 OPS in spring training. <laughs> spring training go. stats are meaningless, and I don't pay any attention to them at all. Yeah, it, it's just, you really we really need to uh, have the the baseline of whatever happens in the spring doesn't matter because we've got a hundred plus years of history showing us that what happens in spring does not matter. Stephen, often, but go ahead. Record the stuff I pay attention to in spring training is stuff like. How does so-and-so pitcher feel about his breaking pitches? What's he working on? What do coaches say? Like, how do coaches say it's looking? Like, I kind of try to listen for the vibe of various things and, and much more than I worry about the numbers. And who's healthy? Who's, you know, yeah. getting stronger? Um, yeah, absolutely. Stephen Offenbaker, host of the Reds Alert podcast. I was on his podcast last week. You all need to go listen to that if you get a chance. But he asked this question that sort of goes back to what we were just talking about. And it occurs to me that... Uh, we probably need to uh, discuss it in a little bit different light. His question was, with Sal Romano now a full-time relief pitcher, does that make Tony Santi on the number seven pitcher on the depth chart? Do you think he'll see time in Cincinnati this season as a result? And we did see this piece from Bobby Nightingale in Cincinnati Inquirer this week that the Reds are going to move Romano to the bullpen on a full-time basis. But I just don't – I'm skeptical because he's probably the number seven starter, right? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty skeptical about that too. We'll we'll see. Though I will say if they're moving him to the bullpen full time, then that makes it in my eyes at least even harder for Robert Stevenson. It does, but who I mean who's your number 7 after Tyler Mowley? Who's the next guy? I you know, uh, Santion probably. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Maybe Gutierrez, maybe. Mm, give me Santion. Who's on the 40? That's really the question. That is the question, and we know that Santiago's not just yet. Uh, Matt Sheary asks at patreon.com slash radio. This is the best question we got this week. Would Jason Linden, I need you to think about this, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Oh, that's easy. You take the one horse-sized duck for sure. No chance. Oh, yeah, because that's just one – I mean, that's one thing to take out. You break one duck knee and you win. <laughs> yeah, but it's the size of a horse. Yeah, but then I've got a hundred little horses. And also, also let's let's keep in mind, ducks are not that small. Oh, my God. They're small, but we're not talking about, like, bug-sized here. So I've got, like – a hundred things coming at me with their horse teeth and their hooves from all directions. Nah, give me the one enemy that I can see. No, I'm presuming I have a golf club in my hand. Probably like a seven iron. No, let's let's go for like a five iron. And I'm coming at you from behind, Chad. They're still coming at you from behind. I'm going nuts on those duck sized horses. All right. All right. Uh, at twitter.com slash red leg radio at red leg radio on Twitter. Uh, Philip razor. I made a mistake. I didn't mean to say that. He asks, oh, hi. I'm going to be at spring training next week. Anything you want me to pick up for you guys while I'm there? You already answered him. You want to say what you asked him to pick you up in spring training? Uh, I asked for a three-pack of white T-shirts. Yeah. What I want you to get me, Philip, is Doug Gray's autograph. Ethan Price asks us at Red Leg Radio. Ethan asks, will Virginia beat NC State? The answer to that is yes. That game happened earlier tonight. It was going on uh, while Ethan tweeted that. So, yes, Virginia beat NC State by 20. That's North Carolina State University. Uh, Jeff Carr, Jeff, the host of the uh, really good Locked On Reds podcast, uh, Jeff asks, who's the Reds' 26th man this year that would make the opening day roster next year? I think probably either Philip Irvin or Tony Santion. Is it not Nixon's help? Oh, gosh. You are dead to me. You know what? It really, it may be, and that makes me, that makes my head hurt. Oof. Also, I just thought about something. You know who who's number seven on the depth chart if Romano's his full-time reliever? Who? Lucas Sims. Hey, I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's, I think it's Lucas Sims. Lucas Sims can be a number five starter. Right. Then probably Lopez. Matter of fact, actually, I'm really. I think Lucas Sims could really be a number five, number four or five starter in the big leagues. Yeah, I'm convinced of that. So, okay, yeah, boy, the depth this year is so much better than it's been in years past. It's amazing. Um, oh man, we've gone long again, Jason. <laughs> no, never, not us. That's not what we do. 
Sean Young at S Young nine twenty seven asks on uh, on Twitter at Red Lake Radio hash Brown viewer mail. Is it odd that the only time I listen to this podcast is when I'm naked in the shower? Jim Conley at Reds Baseball JC asks on uh, Twitter, uh, with the emergence of a three batter minimum for relief appearances, how would that affect roster construction? Considering guys like Wandy Peralta or Cody Reed, who might be regarded as specialists, let me, let me grab this one. Peralta, it probably affects Cody Reed. I don't think necessarily is a specialist. I, I, you know, I don't think Cody Reed is a, penciled in to be like a loogie type, a lefty no, one out yeah. guy. So the issue with Cody Reed isn't isn't can he get through the lineup? It's can he get through the lineup two or three times? Right. Yeah. No. As a relief pitcher, he's likely to be very very good. Uh, Peralta. I don't think Peralta's got any business being on this roster on no. opening day anyway. So, but I think guys like him and the Lugie types, they're gone with if this three batter minimum happens, right? The era of the yeah. Lugie's done. Oh yeah, it's over. Um, uh, Jesse Orozco picked the right moment in, in time. A Jesse Orozco reference, excellent. Yeah. Michael Michael C Pruitt at Michael C Pruitt on Twitter asks, "What sort of manager temperamentally do you think David Bell will be?" Do, do you have any idea how to answer that? Um, I think he will be, and I'm going to answer this with all of the in-depth knowledge that I have of David Bell. I think he will have the temperament of an oak tree melded with a wild boar. Does it bother you that uh, we record this podcast naked? (laughs) See, they didn't understand that. They didn't know that. That's a little insight into the recording of Red Leg Nation Radio. I, you know, I don't know what you're doing on your end, Chad. That's all I'll say. Yikes. Um, Frank Novak. Frank, buddy, at the Frank Novak. Again, he uh, he asked this question he asked before, and it's a good question I want to get into. We've run late again. I hadn't anticipated going into it. Can we go back to that all-time Reds bullpen question? Finally put into bed the thought that Danny Graves is a Reds Hall of Famer because of the save stat. I did a little bit of research today. Danny Graves, we're going to get to that question because I think it's a good question. Uh, ask us in a future week, Frank Novak. Um, Danny Graves is not in my all-time Reds bullpen. I mean, he's just, yeah, I doubt he'd be in mine either. He's I just, think he's still probably a Reds Hall of Famer, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think so too, but that's a much lower uh, – yeah, I agree with that. I think it's a, a much low lower. bar. Let's be real. That's a low bar to yeah. get into the Hall yeah. of Fame. Ron Oster made it, and I love me some Ron Oster, but come on. Uh, but, also, the Reds kind of broke Danny Graves. I think they might have uh, – like, when they were like, oh, you're just going to be a starter. <laughs> You've been a reliever your whole career. You're now a starting pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, but he flipped off uh, the Reds fans as he walked off the field there at the end of his career. And so, you know, screw Danny Graves. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Mr. Saturday Night asks, what's your favorite way to pass the time while waiting for a tornado warning to pass? Mine is listening to podcasts while naked. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Chad. Oh, Chad. <laughs> Um, two more questions, then we're done. Uh, at Two Sheds asks, and the way this one starts is going to cause you to uh, your your skin to prickle a little bit. Not to put too much stock in spring training stats, but what are the odds that Tucker Barnhart loses his starting spot if his offensive struggles continue? He's pretty bad last year. The, I'll I'll grab this one if you want to say anything. You can. There's zero percent chance. Those are your odds. Zero percent chance that Tucker Barnhart loses his starting spot unless the Reds trade for JT Real Muto uh, this year. Um, and Because he's he's still better. The full picture, he's still better than Kirk Casale. And then, uh, you know, uh, until Tyler Stevenson gets here, I, I can't see t- uh, Tucker Barnhart losing the starting spot. Anything you have to add to that? I, I just have one thing to add. Uh, and that's that in 2017, Joey Votto's <laughs> spring OPS was 595. All right. Last question comes from our buddy Brandon Taylor. At Brandon Taylor 11, give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, his question is, and this is I think is directed to you: UVA National Championship or Reds World Series? If you could only have one in 2019, but not both, I think that's directed at you, Jason. Well, I mean that is a very tough call, seeing as how I am so devoted to the University of Virginia, Wahoo! But I think I would take the Reds World Series, just me personally. Well, I'm not going to argue with that 
because I really want the Reds to win a World Series. But let me just say this. The Reds have won a World Series in my lifetime. The University of Virginia's college intercollegiate basketball squad has never won one. Matter of fact, Really, Chad, wouldn't you really just be happy with reaching the second round? <laughs> this is episode number 257 of Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Jason Linden. I'm at Dotson C on Twitter. He's at Jason Linden on Twitter. We're at Red Leg Radio on Twitter, and you can find us at redlegnation.com every <laughs> single day talking about the Cincinnati Reds. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Everywhere you find your podcast, you can find Red Leg Nation Radio. You can also support us if you want to uh, shell out a couple bucks to support the podcast at patreon.com slash redlegradio. But it's, uh, you can get some special benefits, but it's not required. We're going to bring this podcast to you every single Friday, and it's going to be free of charge for and as long as it uh, takes till I get sick of dealing with the Jason Linden and Bill Lack and Doug Gray and these people. Uh, Jason, any uh, final thoughts before we put this one to bed? I think I probably should close by saying wahoo-wah just to spare myself some jail time. <laughs> oh, gosh. For Jason Linden and Ralph Sampson, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.